Good morning, friends. What would it be like never to see a sunset? What would it be like to drive through the Ozarks where I live and not see the changing color of the leaves and fall? What would it be like to not be able to look out and see the frost on the rooftops you know, at the beginning of uh, cool weather? What would it be like to never see the faces of those you love? What would it be like to never see the birds who actually sing? Or what would it be like to never see the colors of the flowers? What would it be like to never see your favorite team win a World Series again? Or in my case, the Texas Rangers at least once. So my message today is called, Are We Blind Too? See, the many things in life that we take for granted, sight is certainly one of them. For those of us who have been blessed with the ability to see, we just don't know what it's like not to see. Well, in John chapter 8 and 9, we've got Jesus interacting with people who are going to ultimately ask, what are we blind to? Well, in John 8, Jesus has a busy day. He'd forgiven the woman caught in adultery, uh, claimed to be the light of the world, angered the Jews to the point that they were ready to stone him. And then in John 9, he heals a blind man. It adds a little preaching that really upsets the Pharisees who end up saying, what are we blind to? That's the question the Pharisees asked because they knew exactly what Jesus was saying. He was saying that it's entirely possible to have our sight and yet be blind to what's going on around us. Now, in this chapter, chapter 9 of John, I, I, I saw four things that will cause us to be spiritually blind. But before we get there, let me say uh, there is another form of spiritual blindness that Satan brings. And uh, But going on, first of all, the disciples were blinded by judgment. What did the disciples say when they saw this man begging? They said, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, before we go any further, it's necessary to say that this was a common belief among the Jews of that day. As a matter of fact, it was widely taught that God punished people right now for their sin, and that punishment came in the form of sickness or disease. So that question was not out of the ordinary. However, in order to ask a question like that, you have to think a few things about yourself. I mean, if sin caused things like that, then you must be all right with God because you're all right. If someone had something wrong with them, they must not be all right with God. So what happens when we think that way? Well, we begin to think that we're better than other people. And when that happens, we are prone to judge, and we are sometimes blinded by that judgment. The disciples saw in the blind man a theological debate, and Jesus saw in the blind man someone in whom the work of God could be made known. So, friends, are you tempted to judge? I mean, it is much easier to sit back and debate the theological ramifications of bad decisions that another person makes. It's much harder to see how you make a difference in the lives of people who are hurting because of bad decision they or someone else has made for them. It's easier to judge than to heal. Or if I said it's easier to condemn than the gospel people. I mean, what would happen if instead of judging a person who's dying of AIDS, we would do everything we could to make sure that their last days on earth were spent with Christian people who loved, loved them and were concerned for their soul? What would happen instead of condemning a, a, a teenage mother, the church would offer help and encouragement and ensure that they know the love of Jesus? 
Or what would happen if instead of our shaking our heads and discussing an alcoholic, the church and his people would be a safe haven and a source of encouragement and hope for those who are struggling? What would happen if instead of our lock them up and throw away the key attitude, we would actually visit people in prison and then meet them at the gate to disciple them back into the church and society and the workplace? Well, God's people, instead of judging the world, would see the world and its people as a place in which the work of God can be done. We should not let our judging others blind us from the fact that we are to be instruments of healing and not finger pointing. As a matter of fact, listen to what Jesus had to say about this issue in Matthew 7, 1 and 2. Do not judge, for you too will be judged, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Wow. Well, second, I see in this chapter, the neighbors were blinded by skepticism. Now, what happened when this man returned to the people who knew him? I mean, some people didn't believe it was even the same guy. Others claim that he told them how this happened. Well, the neighbors and those around him were skeptical of what had happened, and in their defense, it would have been hard to believe what they were seeing. I mean, they remember this man being blind and begging at the temple, and now he's walking around. And I'm sure some of them wondered for the rest of their lives, was he really blind or was he just faking this in order to be a beggar? Now, I wonder how many of us, including myself, struggle with skepticism. Well, I'd be the first to raise my hand. I mean, for a long time, I was skeptical of people who claimed to have healing powers from God. I I was skeptical of people who claimed to have a special revelation of God. However, the one thing in which we should not be skeptical is the power of the gospel message. Odds are there is someone you know or love that you don't think can ever be reached by the gospel, and perhaps you've even given up on them. But friends, the Bible says this in Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile, for in the gospel... A righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Through the power of God, this blind man's life was changed. It was changed forever. The same thing can happen today if God's people will quit being skeptical of the power of the gospel and preach it to anyone and everyone we come into contact with. What would happen if God's people would stop being skeptical or condemning of the power of God. But friends, if we really walked our talk, millions of lives would and could be changed forever. The gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. It is time that we as God's people believe that and preach that to the relative we don't think will ever respond or to the neighbor who seems unreachable. Have faith in the power of the gospel. It can and it will change lives. Don't let skepticism keep you from seeing God at work. You know, third, the Pharisees were blinded by their religion. Now, religion is just a system of beliefs. Therefore, almost anything can be labeled religion. So what happened when the Pharisees were confronted with a man who was born blind but now sees? Well, they debated the fact that the man was blind at all. They said that they said Jesus must be a sinner because he healed on the Sabbath day. And you know how very easy it is to uh, point the finger at the Pharisees for using their tradition and their religion uh, to remain blind to the work of God. However, the same thing can happen to us. We are, we in the church can make the same mistakes the Pharisees made. 
believe it or not, there are some who believe that only members of certain denominations are true believers and therefore are the only ones who are going to be in heaven. Now, in defense of that, all churches and all faiths have people in them that believe that they and they alone are right when it comes to God and the way to heaven. Now, Jesus condemned the Pharisees and Sadducees many times in his preaching and teaching. Now, why is that? It's because they were more concerned with their traditions than they were with God. Now, traditions in and of themselves are not all wrong. (laughs) But it is when we make man-made traditions binding and scriptural that they are. Friends, here's one thing that we have to be sure of and that the Bible is clear on. No one is going to be saved because of their race or denomination or style of worship or the color of their hymnals or whether they do contemporary worship or they do liturgical worship or whatever other silliness people want to trot out in the name of religion or tradition. The only way that someone is going to be saved is through a relationship with Jesus, the Messiah. And the Bible says that we are saved by the grace of God, not by tradition and not by religion of man. And we cannot allow our tradition and religion to blind us. God can and will do things differently than what we may think or believe. And if there are no scriptural errors that are made, we should see the power of God working and praise him for it. We must learn to celebrate the work of God, even when it's done differently than what we are used to. Here's the fourth thing I notice in this chapter. The man's parents, the man's parents were blinded by fear. Now, when the Pharisees wanted answers, they weren't, they weren't getting from the man himself. They called his parents in. And how did they respond? <laughs> they didn't want any part of this discussion because they were afraid. They were be afraid of being tossed out of the synagogue. Now, before we jump to judgment here, we should understand that things were different in the Jewish culture. In our culture, if someone's removed from the church, they can go to the church down the road. However, in the Jewish culture, once you were removed from the synagogue... Yeah, you were out. You couldn't go down the road to another one. Not only that, the other people were not allowed to speak or do business with someone who's been removed from the synagogue. And think about this as well. The local church, the storehouse of the tithe, was sort of a social security system for people in that day. Imagine in one day you lose the begging money of your son and you lose your retirement benefits from the church. Imagine what it must have felt like for them. On one hand, your son who is blind from birth can now see. On the other hand, if you acknowledge that this was from the power that was in Jesus, you were removed completely from your community. I mean, friends, fear is a crippling agent. Fear keeps us from experiencing the work of God completely, not only in our personal walks, but in our corporate walk with Jesus as well. I mean, what would happen if God's people and God's churches stopped being so fearful? Well, lives would be changed because we would no longer fear rejection or persecution because of the message of Jesus. Churches would be living on the edge of faith, using every dollar they have to make a difference for the cause of Jesus. What happens, however, is that we become fearful that God won't provide a way, so we don't try to talk to the neighbor or try the new program. Friends, don't be blinded by fear. And what is the antidote to blinding fear? Proverbs 1 verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Are we blind too? Well, if our lives are controlled by judgment or skepticism or religious pride or fear, yeah, then we are blind, not physically but spiritually. That is why, friends, we can and we must learn from the blind man.
Do you remember how he responded? He said with boldness, one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Maybe this morning, some of you who are listening have come blinded. Blinded by hopelessness or blinded by fear or blinded by lack of trust or whatever it may be. And you're kind of groping along by your own power, somehow thinking that your ego, by the way, E-G-O, edging God out, or your own reason or your own religion or your own strength or whatever can somehow cure your blindness. If this is you, here's the cure, believe it or not. John nine thirty nine to 41 Jesus then said, I came into the world to bring everything into the clear light of day, making all the distinctions clear so that those who have never seen will see. So there you go, friends. Jesus is there for you. He wants you to respond like the blind man in faith and accept him as Lord. And I pray that you join me today in doing that. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission and feel the passion. God bless.